Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 68. My name is Suns Fan. Joining me today is Cinder Man. You should just change your name, because then we would actually have a good like, casting combo name. You wouldn't have to do anything weird. <laughs> That'd be horrible. Suns Man. Everybody would know <laughs> the man is you, right? <laughs> it's yes. perfect. Of course. Uh, greetings. Another week here, Cinder, and thank you for showing up. I'm going to say this every time You're from welcome. now on. Thank you yeah, so yeah. much for showing up. It really is the highlight of my week. You know. Yeah, I'm. I I just love to impress. You know. Good. Uh, Don't dress also... to impress, but I do love to impress. Okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, as always, to our amazing patrons in the In Bruges tier, which we will speaketh your names now, Cinder, and you can take the first half if you'd like. Yes. Of course I do. All right, let's see. This list seems like it's longer than last week. That's awesome. Thank you guys very much. Um, Zan Savior, Real Life Pepega. How dare you accuse Ben Hamming of such an atrocity? Ben Broomhead is still a broomhead. 17 naked cowboys and one gay soldier. Bacon. No, not that bacon. The other bacon. Lick, puco, parenthesis. I support the broomhead. Tickles. Shark TM. Hoey 988, Xbox sex enthusiast, freshly seasoned goat balls, change will happen, poop feast 420, and nah, Shannon, I think you should do this one. Okay, do you yes. like Tony Parker? No, I hate his guts. Ben Broomhead supporters will be crushed. Glory to Ben Jackson. My boy Dop. Uh, <clears throat> what's, okay, this one is, <laughs> um, Vidlog means Chosnek. And then in parentheses, it says, make Suns fans say it. Do you, you know how to say okay. that name? Yes. Vidlog. It's, Dan- no, it's Loy. It's, da- it's, it's, right? it's, it's the Danish word for garlic, which makes a lot of sense if you know that Loy is onion, right? Is so it Vidloy? Vidloy. Oh, okay, that's it's not... white onion. You can't just put a bunch of consonants together and that's... call that a word, okay? Okay, let's just, before you finish the, or go to the next one, what do you think about garlic being called white onion in Danish? Do you think that's an accurate representation of what it is, or do you think that's stupid? White onion? That's literally what it means. It means Isn't white onion. Isn't an onion white? I guess some of them are red. When you peel it, it's white? No, it's still not white. What? That's what not white. Have I been garlic eating? is white. Are there different kinds of onion? Okay, this is going to... Onions are like... They have like a greenish hue. If I right? go buy an onion in the store, it will be white in the U.S. or where I am, at least. I don't know a lot about onions because I don't really partake as, you know, if it's cooked or something, I'll eat it. I'm not going to eat a raw onion. Anyway. I mean, it's, I, yeah, they're, I mean, they're whitish. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, now they're white. They're whitish. Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. They're also green. So no, it's, white onion or white onion. That's what garlic. That, no, that doesn't make sense. That's what it's called. 
You okay. don't like it. Okay. I That's don't. what I thought. Cool. Uh, also, thank you to Fane underscore man. Ben Broomhead is a man of the people, supporter of the podcast since the very beginning. Ben Hamming probably hasn't seen in Bruges. Pitch Black. That is not a requirement to like or be on the podcast, by the way. It's There's smiled no upon by me. Uh, Pitch Black, Fellowship of the Ping, DG, Terry Tip, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk, The Coward, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, and Ronnie Keel. That was the, maybe the longest uh, rendition the longest. of the In Bruges tier. Both thank the longest you. rendition and the longest list we've had, I think. Yes, uh, I do believe there's a couple of new people on here. So thank you guys so much for your support of the podcast. And of course, if you want to support the podcast, you dear listener or viewer or... Um, somebody who sent you this link and you're not really paying attention, uh, pay attention and go to patreon.com slash we say things if you want to chip in to support the podcast and see what you get in return as perks. That's right. Man, Cinder, you look Thank very you. crisp today, by the way. Do I? Your pixels is it because, look very good. Is today. it by chance because we switched to Discord video? Uh, maybe. Could that be the reason? It, it might be hmm. a coincidence, though. We're not. It's, it's probably. Jerry's out on that one. Um. So some quick news about the NBA. Uh, I don't know if people care about the results. So I'm not even going to do that unless we get an overwhelming amount of people that want me to talk about the results of some of the games. I, I, Raise I your hand bring if you don't up, care. I only bring up the NBA when something interesting or impactful happens. That okay, other raise your make. hand if you care. You might care about this one. So the I, That NBA, was nobody. Literally nobody <laughs> raised their the hand. NBA. Yeah, I'm, I'm somebody, okay? Okay. You can't argue that. All right. So... Another cop killed a black guy. I think it was in the last couple. I don't, actually don't remember. If, he got shot like seven times in the back or something like that. I don't know the, all the details. But NBA players who have kind of been like of, of the sports world, at least in the U.S., they've been kind of championing this Black Lives Matter uh, movement, if you will. And mm -hmm. a lot of the question marks about whether they even wanted to be in the bubble or play this season out because they just, you know, there's... Many reasons why you, you think perhaps you can have more impact not doing so, right? Yeah. So this this happened, and I believe it happened in, I want to say, Milwaukee. So the Milwaukee Bucks just didn't show up to their game, essentially. Uh, and as a result, um, everybody from that day said they're not playing basketball anymore. So it was like this, it, it's an unprecedented move in terms of like huge sports in, in the U.S. at least. I don't know how it is worldwide. Mm -hmm. uh, so... This also extended to some MLB teams, which is baseball, doing the same thing, which was very interesting. Right. So it was like all over the news, huge impact. Um, so a couple, it ended up being a couple days of going on strike, quote unquote, which I think they just called boycotting, but technically it's going on strike. And yeah. they came to an agreement with all the billionaire owners of the NBA teams that they were going to do something to help uh, the cause. So the players for now are happy apparently no, nothing's been said about the details i thought you were going to say that they came to an agreement with the police no to please stop shooting people and the police were like okay if they it means i can watch my basketball again <laughs> of course i will stop shooting i mean people. there is an element to that as well but um but no uh so essentially they, they want the billionaire owners who are you know they're other than michael jordan i believe all of them the majority owners at least are white uh, they want them to do something. No, no details have been com have come out about what that means, but they're happy for now. But I think at the end of the day, at least for the basketball players and obviously baseball as well to a degree, they are starting to understand how much power they have, right? 
they understand. Can I just say, as far as our NBA segments go, this is the one I care about the absolute most. I care about this a lot more than the results and the players and who dates who and who has a, a hot girlfriend or whatever. Cinderin. Like, not really to don't go care. off on a tangent. I care about this. this Kendall is Jenner is going out with Devin Booker. Okay, that's oh, kind of a big that's, deal. I never heard that too. I forgot to ago. mention, again, not to go off on this tangent, but she also apparently banged another player named Ben Simmons and another player named Blake Griffin, who all are in the NBA. So okay. they have like this fraternity of people who have banged her. Anyway, it's continue. kind of crazy. Like, you keep giving me more details, and I still <laughs> care just as little. <laughs> it literally makes no difference. It's very interesting. All right, very interesting. And but back to the actual topic. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously this was major news in the U.S. and uh, to a degree globally as well. We'll see what happens, you know, in the long term. Uh, but like I said, basketball players are starting to understand that they have a ton of power, and yeah. I mean, we'll see what they do with it. I suppose. So that's the NBA. I mean, I, it's not really. Would you say that they're starting to understand that they have a lot of power or that they're realizing it? Because I feel like you know it, but you need a case that's or a cause that's strong enough for you to actually unionize and do something, right? Because the individual people have done different big things in the past, right? Individual sports stars. Yeah. But it's so like an entire I'm gonna community is an pretty rare for them. To I'm going to make an analogy here, okay? Because there's been... <laughs> I don't want to go into detail here, but I mean, I'm sure okay. some of this has been public. But Dota talent, a certain segment mm -hmm. of them, want to have been wanting to do a union for literally 10 years now. We keep hearing that. But mm -hmm. there's two issues. Number one, they don't include everybody in this discussion, which is rule number one for any type of union. And number two, you have to be willing to give something up to accomplish what you want, a.k.a. if you don't think people mm -hmm. are getting paid enough or if you're in the NBA and you want things to change, you just don't play. You have to give something up to get something in return. And for the yeah. NBA, they're, they, you're right. They, they know this, but they didn't know how to maybe use it. I don't know. There's... Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot to this, but so yeah, there's that. Uh, and you have some news, Cinder. I'm before Shannon, you get know, started. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So since I know how how much you care about World of Warcraft, I feel like considering you talked about how you got wood four in diamond Valorant. One. Yes. Uh, rough diamond in. Can Valorant. I tell a quick story before you go on? No, please. It's funny. I promise okay. you it's funny. Tell your story. So I was playing Valorant today as a diamond oh, one. God. Okay. And I play with people that are a lot lower ranks, like gold, which is two entire. It's like going from immortal to ancient. Okay. So like two, mm -hmm. maybe more than that. I don't know. Whatever it is. So as a result, the discrepancy between ranks is quite a bit. Okay. And we have this yeah. guy on our team. And he's looking up to me as this plat one or gold three. I can't remember what he was. He's like, man, mm -hmm. how do you get diamond? How do you get out of this, the rank that I'm at? I'm like, you just got to get good, bro. I proceeded <laughs> to literally bottom frag the entire game. <laughs> we won because my golds carried me, Cinderin. I was so disgusted with myself that I. You motivated didn't that guy. Again. You made his day. <laughs> you were like, you just got to get good and do your best. And he was like, oh, man, I'm going to show this guy how good I am. <laughs> At the end of the game, the other team was like, man, the mm. diamond player got carried to his fucking rank, noob. I mean, <laughs> technically true. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's the narrative. Not, wow, well-played gold player. <laughs> that can't possibly yeah. be the narrative right. here. I'm sorry yeah. for taking over, Cinder. Please. No, no, no. It's, it, yeah. So you remember we talked about how I was going for something called Grand Marshal or rank 14. I got yes. it this Wednesday. 
So when you said I'm playing WoW all the time, I'm playing it way less now, Shannon, because I need to spend way less time on it to reach my goals because I reached arguably the hardest goal the game has. All right. Can um, you explain to not only <clears throat> me, but the people that maybe mm. don't understand any of this as well, what does rank 14 mean? Okay. So the PvP system in World of Warcraft Classic, so the old, we're playing Classic here, uh, has 14 ranks and 14 is the highest and you start at rank zero. Um, you get ranks by playing every week and placing within a percentage of the server, basically. And to get to the highest ranks, you need to consistently place in the top zero point something percent week after week for an extended period of time to progress mm -hmm. fast. Uh, if you don't do that, you can decay. So this system has, I don't know what game I can compare that to, but it, let's say you have a week that you don't play or a week that you play little, you lose ranking points and then you need to catch up. So you can kind of get into this infinite cycle of never finishing. So it's like really, it's kind of toward, especially toward the last month and a half, it's a really big time commitment where you just need to play a lot. Um, for some people, it's super tedious and quite the grind. I honestly quite enjoyed it. I had some fun people to play with. Um, I organized a lot of the stuff, which is rewarding to me, uh, running stuff or, uh, you know, organizing for people to come together, being strategic about it, etc., etc., about how we play the games. Um, so, but anyway, that's, that goal has been reached, Shannon. I tweeted play, about it. Do you play I was very healer? surprised, thinking about it, very surprised to see you didn't respond at all. I did not uh, see the you tweet. Could've, you could have written, you're a fucking nerd, or finally, now we can talk about basketball. But you didn't, so man, I honestly. So, am I the only one that doesn't okay. go through their entire Twitter timeline? Nikki no, goes through literally it. all impossible. of it, and I'll miss like eighty percent of the day. Like, I, don't, yeah, I don't go through it. Senator, I promise. After this, episode, I think I follow too many people to see everything, or it would literally be my life to yes, check my is, timeline. Over. That is definitely the case. I will, if um, I remember, this will. This will mean a lot to you, I'm sure. I will respond to your tweet. <laughs> I really okay? don't mind. No, I'm going to do it, it for matter. you. You know why? Because so I would you asked do if stuff I play you a healer. want me to do. Yes? I play a mage. Mages can't heal in this game. Uh, okay. There's designated healer classes. Mages are offensive spellcasters. And oh. they are super fun to play in PvP games because uh, you have so many utility spells and things you can do. So it's very... Magic Missile? It's, uh, magic Missile is not a spell. Arcane Missiles is. Um, okay. But close. Um, basically, in, I've played a lot of video games, right? And I think PvP in original World of Warcraft is one of the most fun gameplay experiences. Just just for the gameplay itself, not the system. Like the way it works isn't like it's archaic. It's not really good design because, uh, as you can imagine, it's not necessarily about being the best. It's about playing the most. But what you can do is, if you're good and you're running a group of people that play very well, you can play less and obtain the same amount, if mm. that makes sense. Because it's about getting a currency, basically, called honor. And you get that by winning games and killing enemy players. So if you're really good, you win all the time and you get a lot of kills in way less time than somebody who plays alone or somebody who plays with a group of people that aren't half as good as your team is. So basically, that's your reward, is if you're a good group of people, you can handle this and overcome what you need in half the time mm. and that's a pretty big reward but at the same time it's not really a system that's about again it doesn't directly reward skill in the same way an elo system does right um where it's just about it's not the worst thing is it's not even about your win-loss ratio because sometimes losing a close game is better honor than winning it 
because then if you give up early and go into a new game and you start winning fast instead, the net total will be better in the end, if that makes sense. Because a drawn-out game is not nearly as good. So, Sindarin. Anyway, that was a lot of detail that you didn't ask for. I'm, I don't know if you have anybody to tell you this. I'm really proud of you. Okay. You you don't care. I'm, I'm really <laughs> proud of you. No, I'm supporting my friend. You know, oh, that's nice. obviously you I don't really give don't one have shit to about pretend World of Warcraft, but I am very happy for you. I know this meant a lot to oh, you. Oh, you're happy for me. I believe that one. I don't believe you're proud. I am I proud. Me. I mean, if if you're gonna no life something, at least no life and accomplish it. You know, that's true. I, I would that have loved true. the same compliment uh, or nice words about getting diamond because it meant a lot to me. But I know that not no, everybody's the built the same is, way. You know? The thing is, that's not your ceiling, though. Why would I really <laughs> commend you on not reaching your ceiling yet? What is my ceiling, exactly? This is my ceiling for this. You can't get higher, so I can't do anything extra. You didn't compliment okay. me when I reached rank 13. You weren't like, wow, you're so close. Great job. You Wait, like, 13 is not as good as 14? That is true. 14 is the best. 13 oh. is one lower than the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, thought, I, I, yeah. I still don't fully understand. I thought rank 1 would be the best still. but Okay, so you mean it's like what? a tier then? Tier 14. Yeah. 14 okay. is the highest. Okay. Gotcha. Wait, did you just think I reached the first tier yeah, out of I'm 14? I'm really proud of you, Cinder, for reaching 14. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really... I mean, if I reached Immortal in in Dota, you would congratulate me. You'd be proud of me. But I didn't hear anything about that with Diamond. You know? Just saying. You know? It is what it is, Cinder. I got messages from people I don't know. Sure. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Getting on with the start of the episode, we have a lot of topics, and we just spent yep. 17 minutes talking about virtually nothing, uh, which yep. is, of course, our specialty. That's, that's the podcast. There so TI Prize Pool Cinderin has broken a record again. It is now the biggest yep. in history of esports. Not a surprise. As of, the, as of this recording, it is at $34.8 million. Um, I, Last year's prize pool was 34.3. That's right. So, so I'm just going to say that uh, it was a couple years ago. I thought that it would end at that specific record, but I was wrong. I will admit that Valve has, they know what they're doing when it comes to pinching that money. You know, they know how to get the money mm-hmm. out of the consumer. Um, okay. But as a result of all this, there's been a couple posts here that we're going to discuss. So Cameron Dev, which is a dev for Valve, posted something on Reddit saying, quote unquote, The current pandemic situation has had an impact on our development capacity, so it is unlikely there will be a Trove treasure this year. We are hopeful that the Windranger, Arcana, and Immortal 3 treasure will come within the next couple weeks or so, with Windranger coming out first. So do you want to talk about this first, or do you want to get on to the aftermath, if you want to call it that, and then talk about it? Well, there isn't that much to talk about. The statement is what it is. Like, what do you you want to... Well, it's more okay. Well, people whether it's initial, fair that this is what they're saying. The well, initial, their reaction. initial reaction, which is not yeah. exactly what we're going to discuss, but we'll talk about it now. Right. Okay. Uh, is obviously they want this stuff out earlier. They've had forever to do it. Uh, if this was actually TI, the main event would have. It's already in the playoffs at this stage, I believe, or somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and it would have been done. So the pandemic obviously hindering them. So right. The aftermath of all this. Uh, we'll just we'll just read Slasher's tweet, who of course was a previous podcast okay. guest. Uh, this is in response to okay, actually, we need to hear the context. So the esports writer, 
on Twitter writes, it's actually crazy that the Dota 2 community invested 100 million plus with the TI compendium and Valve is just ignoring the entire esports scene. No online leagues, no poll partnering with third-party orgs, no concrete plans for when TI will even take place or how. That sucks. Then Slasher's response is, Valve always seems to escape major scrutiny for their historically non-existent support of esports and inattention to its own games, aka CSGO, TF2, even Dota now, because Blizzard, Riot, Epic are easier targets. Valve game communities deserve so much better. Would you like to start off this uh, discussion? I mean, there's been a lot of threads, a lot of hate towards Valve. What is your reaction to all this? So, basically, I think at this point it's pretty clear that what the community wants and, like, how do I put this? So, based on the last couple of years, Valve doesn't just bend over backwards to do everything the community wants, right? That's not a secret because the community has wanted lots of stuff that hasn't been implemented or hasn't been made. Eh, uh, either because of... If there's enough Reddit threads. A lot of things. They've done a lot of things, but they haven't done all the things, and there's some pretty major things that haven't been done. Um, True. Yes, player experience. So, for example, the new player experience, which was advertised, but still hasn't been put in after almost a full year now. Um, um, the The thing is, I really think that we should be having more stuff happening right now. You're, you have to understand, like, fans will look, they're looking to other games, right? They're like, I love my game. I want us to have something fun and interesting. I want there to be stuff happening with my game. Like, you can make the argument that, oh, there's Corona, so it's harder to do stuff. The flip side of that, or the, the other way of looking at it, rather, is there's Corona, so people really, like, crave entertainment more. Because there's so much other stuff they would usually do to entertain themselves that they can't do. So... Mm-hmm having stuff happening is really important and really useful, right? Um, I think we should have... Like, considering TI is postponed indefinitely, there were different options here that Valve could pursue. One is to take the TI prize pool and turn it into an insanely massive online league with different regions, with huge prizes, which I think they don't want to do, and I don't necessarily think that's a problem. You could have taken part of it and run some online stuff, or you could have said, this is still TI, it's locked, but we are going to host an online tournament uh, circuit while this all is going on, which is what other tourna- or other games are doing, right? Um, you could host an online circuit, uh, give it a prize pool, <clears throat> and if you even wanted to make it profitable, you probably could uh, sell a specific battle pass for the online league, or sell unique sets to that uh, to that league or whatever it is. So I definitely think this is something that could be used. And I think it's a shame that right now, so currently, as we've talked about a couple of times, we have the Omega League running, which is great uh, for the Western scene. But outside of this Omega League inter- Immortal Division for the Western scene, what really is there to look forward to in Dota right now competitively? Like, I, I There really isn't much left, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is just kind of... Time to run in elimination mode, Syndrome. Right. And the thing, the thing here is Valve has this hands-off approach, right? Where they run TI, but outside of that, they let the circuit run itself. But we're probably at a point now where, in the interest of the game and probably of themselves, there's a lot of value to be had from keeping players engaged with the game. And it's not a secret that, for the last many years, having a successful esport is super useful <clears throat> for the game's player base mm-hmm. because it gives people interest in the game, makes them want to play because they get inspired, 
gives them something to make meet up with their friends for and then play afterwards or play during or whatever. Uh, meeting up with friends is a little harder now, but you get the idea. Um, and it's just... It just it just feels like such a shame because there's so much potential that isn't being realized. Like I refuse to believe that you can't do something good here if you want to, um, and make something big happen. So I completely understand why people are frustrated. At the same time, the frustration about so uh, let's try to take this in order. Actually, so the first post was about the cosmetics being late, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have the perspective that when the battle pass is released, everything should be ready. And it's fine that things get staggered to increase profits and to keep people excited. But it, a lot of people have the opinion that all of this stuff should already be done. Like the Windranger Arcana should have been done three months ago, four months ago, uh, so that when it's time to release it, it's done. So, okay, let's talk about that first. I, yeah. What is your opinion on that? Because I personally don't care that much. I mean, even yeah, if I same. wanted the cosmetics, like I feel like the the end of the battle pass is kind of the deadline because it's not like you're going to lose mm-hmm. that stuff, right? It's not like if this was the game mode, if this was Aghanims that hadn't come out until now, then yes, I would fully understand why people are pissed, but it's just a cosmetic that you're going to eventually get. So for me, I don't care about that, but uh, you can give your thoughts, I guess, before I go further. Yeah, I think um, pretty much the same, honestly. Like As far as the cosmetics and stuff, as long as I keep them, it's fine. Um, the bigger thing that I think a lot of people wish for and that I wish would be bumped up in priority is quality of life for the game itself because the game has started revolving so much around cosmetics because it's what drives the profit and Valve obviously has the data and they know what makes the game it's people need to remember Valve are a business okay like they're making money they're not there's a part of Valve that developed this game like for how to say for pleasure or because they feel some sort of responsibility, I guess. Uh, And when I say a part of valve, I don't mean like individual people. I just mean like, it's probably a percentage of the reason they do stuff, but the driving factor has to be profit, right? It's that you want to make money for your company and therefore for yourself. Yeah. Um, And that, that is what it is. People still need to remember that, but I just, I feel like upgrading the game to retain players or help new players in like, maybe we're all wrong, and it's just flat out not worth it And developer hours. Like, maybe it's reached a point where they're like, it won't matter. Let's say they make the game so much better, but it has to take them a lot of effort, and then in the end it wasn't even worth it. It was a net loss. Well, the new player I don't know experience if we're there, is a perfect but... example for something that maybe doesn't... Like, it. it's not like it's going to bring a ton of people in initially, <clears throat> but it's good for quality of life going forward in bringing new people, even if it's a slow trickle. Right, of course, there's a way to make yeah. a bigger splash, but I think the thing that people are clamoring for, and I'm trying to, <laughs> so I know a story. I'm going to leave out names. I think it's fine to tell the story at this point. I feel like there's a statute of limitations. Um, I'm not going to give names. People are clamoring for a community manager. Do you know this story, Cinderin? Wait, what's that? Sorry, community manager for Valve. People are clamoring yeah. for that. So. Yeah. At this stage, probably Wickram is the closest you're going to get to that, but he's not officially, right. as far as I know, at least a community manager. They they want somebody that can just at least give people the news instead of just a random dev comment here and there that obviously started a lot of shit in terms of just the reaction from people. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what year this was in. I think it was around, let's say, TI2, TI3. So this has been eight years-ish. Mm-hmm. 
there was somebody that was being considered very heavily for mm -hmm. a community manager position that if I t said the name, they would know who it is. And right. <clears throat> this is how Valve works, okay? And I, I, I don't know how much of this is old news and how, mu like how much has changed, if anything. So this person, <clears throat> it was basically put up to a vote within Valve if they needed a community right. manager because that's kind of the way they do things. It was voted no. They did not need them. And the reason it was voted no <laughs> is the most hilarious thing ever. Uh, so again, think about the Valve structure, right? There's mm -hmm. people on a bunch of different teams working on different games, like even Steam Controller probably back then, just a whole bunch of random shit. You can choose whatever yeah. you want to do. 90%, at least 90% of the people that voted no had no idea who this person was or they didn't know anything about Dota. Like people are voting on stuff that's related to Dota, even though they've never even worked on the game or know anything mm -hmm. about it, which I find hilariously bad. Uh, so that's why we don't have a community manager, um, which I think should change like 100%. Like it's 2020 for God's sake. Somebody needs to take that. It should be Wicker at this stage, 100%. So what is what guy. is Casey's job? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that she could be the same. That's true. It could be the same thing. I'm just wondering what her position officially is at Valve. Because I thought it was some sort of communication thing, but uh, I'd have to yeah, I'd have to search for it. Can't <laughs> think of it offhand. But I think overall for this issue in particular, uh, with all the hate that Valve is getting right now, I and we kind of talked about it last time. I I haven't been super upset with them not saying anything because maybe we're you and I are both desensitized. We're not expecting it, whereas the community maybe are. But I do think that something, and we said this last week, I think, something needs to be said about the future of this year, even if it's just online leagues or whatever the case may be. It needs to be done, in my opinion, by the end of the battle pass, which is in mm -hmm. like three weeks, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, unless it gets extended, which it very well might. Right. Because so, who knows, maybe the stuff isn't even done in three weeks that this missing. I mean, true. But I, I think possible. if... Maybe a lot of the hate is coming from the fact that other people, like other companies, are doing a lot. Like I play a lot of Valorant, as has been discussed many a time. Yep. And they have a battle pass that's not nearly as fleshed out as Valve's, but you only pay ten dollars for it. Uh, they're coming out with a new hero every three week or every three months, a new map every yep. six or whatever. They're, they're doing stuff constantly. So my question is, because it's not something I even thought about. Like, oh, this makes sense. The pandemic, they're not going to be able to get as much done. But why? They're working from home. Like, yeah. It, um, from a dev's perspective, I feel like it shouldn't hinder you that much now that I think about it. Working I from think home. you might a little bit be underselling the value of being together in person for driving creativity, for showing and visualizing stuff. Like, <clears throat> for example, let's say with Dota, right? I think this is the perfect example. Why do teams get so much better in bootcamp? They can just play together online, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's. There's something about being together in person and having your full attention toward that together at the same time working on the same project that you can't really fully mimic online. So I totally get that. I so, really get that part. And I think to that matters. to that, I will say I agree that it's more efficient. But if you're comparing it to what other companies are doing right now, that was definitely a step behind. I think the you know? problem is like we don't have numbers on this but it's not a secret that Valve's team on Dota is way smaller than any of the teams we're comparing them to 
True. So you can't expect them to deliver with the same efficiency as the other teams. The argument should be, or the discussion should be, should they hire more people? Like, because mm -hmm. it's very possible that the people that are working on Dota are actually working really hard, and then they go on Reddit and get destroyed, and they feel bad, but they're like working really fucking hard. Like, it's. I'm just saying it's possible. Like, if there's That's three true. people working on Dota right now, they're working really fucking hard. Okay. There's not. If okay. there's fifty there's people, probably, they're not working very hard. There's probably so, like twenty people, but again, if you compare it to Riot, any of their games are going to have like hundreds. Right. Yes, it's not even comparable. Right. So, so the teams are completely different magnitude and size, and it shows something about how much those companies value those games and how much they think they need to put into it. What I will say about Dota is revenue per developer probably dwarfs any game in the world that's my guess i think these people that work on dota have made eh. the most money per head there's probably a mobile game that makes more <laughs> yeah i suppose but mobile games like are their own normal but in pc games quote unquote normal there's games. like yes i don't think right. any game can rival this in terms yeah. of like just True. flat out profit per person and from a business perspective that's fucking awesome right you're a company you're like we're making 100 million dollars on this that we had relatively few people working on great job like again the business side of it is looking awesome. So if you want to talk about the thing with all the people that aren't working on the team, they, they hear about the metrics. They're like, wow, you guys are doing great, right? Um, the community just has different expectations. And now the question is, do you need to hire more people to do more stuff? Or should you redistribute the people that you already have working on Dota to focus on other things in the development of the game? I think when the battle passes out, you have to do battle pass, right? Like everybody's paying for it. They need a return on their investment. You've promised right. them this and that. So if you have a small developer team, you have to delay other stuff because this is the priority. And maybe when the battle passes over, you can get back to doing new player experience or maybe thinking about organizing online leagues. Like maybe someone will volunteer or two people will volunteer to take up that role if they feel like it has value to them. But for now, they probably have to do this, right? Um, mm. And I, I don't know. Like Valve's company policy, I don't... I feel like it's naive for the community to be like, Valve, just hire a secondary game studio or just hire 25 new people to work on Dota. Because that's not like... It's like, yes, it would be good for Dota, but if it's not what the company wants to do, they're not going to do it. Well, right? I, I think from what I understand, at least, is <clears throat> Valve's criteria for hiring somebody is... They, they go for the best of the best. So there's not really that yes. many. Like if, if, you're, if you're sticking with the same requirements to get a job then i don't know if enough people exist <laughs> you know to increase that by by a lot more there guess, is so the there's definitely is, a reason they're so effective and so good yeah right? like you can take a prodigy people. of coding let's I mean, this is these are some horrific examples by the way but uh what they want and i've talked to many valve employees from the past uh mm. they're looking for people that are multifaceted so if you're really good at coding you better be really good at something else too um I mean, we have freaking Valve employees doing manual labor at TIs, for God's sake. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, true. Like, literal coders yeah. doing hard... It's really weird, but obviously they have a culture of their own, and we're not here to really necessarily tell them to change all of it, but... I mean, they have to be able to do more if the community is going to get this mad over it, obviously. And I'm sure they're going to come out with some statement. I just personally wish that if it was Wickram or Casey or whoever... They have a community manager that can just have an open dialogue, just be more transparent on a more consistent basis. I think if that occurs, even if they're late with some of the shit that comes mm -hmm. out, that's people won't get nearly as mad. I promise you. It's just about communication. People hate being left in the dark. And then after weeks yeah. of silence, a random dev posts something on Reddit. Like, 
I saw it's got to be a better I saw way. This post I don't remember who posted it. I'll try to paraphrase it the best I can, which was basically something like, "If you don't promise anything, like oh man, I don't even know how to paraphrase this. It was written really well. It was basically say. something yeah. to the lines of like not promising anything can be better than promising or than communicating about how far behind you are or how little you've done or mm. whatever, right?" I don't know if that's fair. If that's, I feel like I'm no, saying I, that wrong. I think Whatever. a lot of it comes down to just don't give a but, timeline. Then, if that's the case, you can still be because if you hire a community manager, there's somebody responsible for delivering quote unquote bad news because the community flat out is expecting more than Valve can deliver. So, what is that communication person going to say? This is delayed. This is delayed. We're working on this. We're working on this. We don't know when it's done. Is that like some people respond really positively to this? They're like, okay, thanks for the update, Valve. Like. A lot of people have been praising the higher level of com communication. It's still not high, but it's better than it was two years ago. <clears throat> but others are also just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, how isn't this done yet? You've had so long to prepare the battle pass. I, I, I can't speak for everybody. I'm I feel like being left to... in the dark is worse still. Yeah. Like, just I don't, don't know. Give I, feel like, I feel like there's something. There's Yeah, sure. There's something. There's something to be said about, like, I think it's hard to have because that's where the company structure really comes into play, right? If you have something like Riot or you have something like Blizzard or whatever, when you have so many more employees that are dedicated and designated to specific projects that they're working on, it's way easier to give more of a, like you said, clear timeline or clear direction and set up clear expectations for what stuff <clears throat> is done when. Mm -hmm. But with how Valve run their company, maybe the reason they don't want to have this kind of communication stuff is that they, they, they want to have their freedom, basically, their creative freedom. And that's just a different model of running a company, which has been amazing sometimes. And for some things like this, it's just not that great. But you can't have everything, right? Well, um, I've, I've said this so many times. If people have watched me over the years, they know this is going to sound like a broken record. But mm -hmm. I feel like if you're comparing one company to another, let's say Valve to League of Legends, Riot, everything is on yeah. an extreme. That's kind of the issue. You can take some... Uh, you can take some things that like Riot or Blizzard or maybe Blizzard is a terrible example. They're just a shit show all around. <laughs> but you, you can make a happy medium with anything, right? You don't need to be on the complete sure. extreme. Like the way that Riot is doing, with, uh, doing things with Valorant, there's some things that people are not happy with, but they're still quite transparent. Like they, they come out with patch notes. They give us, re like they post reasons why they're doing stuff, like long articles, for example. If they come out Overwatch with- Overwatch like, or um, oh, Underlords, sorry. Underlords is doing that. Yeah, Underlords is, I mean, again, but it's just like different companies almost, right? Mm -hmm. like you have a hero come out for League of Legends or Valorant, and you have an entire video showing the entire process in which, you know, from step A to step, or step one to step whatever, to finish that hero, mm -hmm. gives the community not only content to watch, but it gives them a better idea of how much work is actually involved behind the scenes. Never seen anything like that. Like the closest we've oh. seen is like stuff that Slacks will do at TI, right? So, right. I mean, again, a lot of this stuff is not stuff Valve will ever do, probably, and that's fine. But you have to make a little bit more of a balance, I feel like, especially when the community is acting the way that they are right now. I, I think the thing that is a little bit tricky is a lot of the times when it comes to ideology, you don't want to compromise, right? There's a lot of other things that it's easier to compromise on, like small things like within the project or whatever. But if the company ideology is this is how we do, mm. then compromising that is a lot of a harder sell, I think, 
because it kind of opens up for avenues. So that this is you what I'll say. And I, I've talked to Valve employees but. in the past that have been very open mm -hmm. about this. Like, there's this whole, you know, that handbook they came out with that leaked, that basically talked about the structure of the company and how nobody is mm -hmm. anybody's boss and all that stuff. Apparently, that's not really. I mean, it, it's probably a case. It's like that to a degree, but they're still bosses, right? That's mm -hmm. a common misconception from the community. So. Yes, I agree that the ideology that you'd have to get past the fact that you need to tweak it a bit. But again, it's just a tweak. You know, you can still keep right. the essence of what you want to do. But I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about and can't talk about because we don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I just want to be clear. I want the best for this game. And I think there's some things that are clearly lacking. Uh, like my perspective is just I'm how to say I'm trying to understand why things are being done the way that they are. Because when you look at the community's responses and you look at how we think about things, Valve are smart, okay? <laughs> they're really smart. So the reason things are done the way they are, I'm not going to say they're infallible, because obviously they're making mistakes. Everybody is making mistakes. But there is a reason for why they're doing things the way that they are. That doesn't mean we have to agree with them, but I'm trying to wrap my head around it and understand what's going on and why, and why things are done and why things aren't done. Just mm -hmm. to like, yeah, just for for the sake of understanding and for having how to say more like realistic outlook on the future of the game, like where we're at, because I think a lot of the things people are asking for are probably not going to happen, but maybe we could focus on what is within the realm of possibility and then, you know, push for that and uh, the so community can be like, this is what we really want. And I, again, I think the the two things right now. And I think would be the biggest upgrade to the game right now on this spot. Number one, some sort of online league that Valve is involved with so that the fans have something to look forward to and engage them in the game and get them excited because TI is postponed indefinitely. And the mm -hmm. second thing is quality of life for the average player. Not cosmetics, not necessarily stuff that makes profit. That's just that's what New I want experience. right now are those two things. New player experience, uh, spring cleaning. Well, it's not really spring anymore, but you know. Uh, just cleanup of of bugs and errors, and <clears throat> like I want a new hero, Cinder, and I want new content, like, new features. I think a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff they've done in guilds, I think, is a step in the right direction, and that could help with a new player experience, actually. Um, so no. okay, hopefully, so that's been I'll like say. a test run for that. First right. of all, I'm not even joking. I wish they had. I wish they came out with like four heroes a year. I really do. I think heroes are like the coolest thing about this game. It makes it more unique. A new hero would be great game. too because we're past TI now. So yeah, a new hero as well. I. So this is what I'm going to say. I think a lot of people. We kind of brought this up earlier. Where we wish Valve had more employees to work on Dota, but obviously I don't think that is going to really change. But something that can change is outsourcing. Right? We know that Valve outsources a lot of stuff. For example, um, like I know for, I can only talk about stuff that I know. Like for the original artifact, a lot of the art, like the card art was outsourced. It's just other yeah. artists. It's not in-house at all. So I'm sure they do that for a lot of things. I know the SFM, like some of the SFMs, like Max of S2D, other people yeah. have worked on a bunch of SFMs for them. Why not outsource Is a lot of Is the artist who made Quop a Valve employee? I have no idea. I, like I would the, the assume, concept art, not the the design of it, like the actual model and hero in the game is a Valve employee, but the art yes. itself. 
I couldn't say. I have no idea. I think it's the same person that made the art for Quop and Windranger, and the artist is just stunning. I fucking love it. I've said that multiple times, but man, they need this person to either work for Valve or work on their stuff because the concepts are so good. Yeah. Some of the best I've seen. I'm not sure why they don't hire people, but anyway, <clears throat> back to my point. I feel like a lot of things can be outsourced, and uh, if it comes to tournaments, like Valve has, I mean, again, we're in a pandemic, but Valve still has a shit ton of money. Just outs- like give the money to a couple different companies to run some sort of leagues. Like if, if that's really right. the issue, it's, it's, I know it's something they're hands off. I understand that it's a double edged sword. It can be good. It can be bad depending on the scenario. But I personally think that it's valve's responsibility to make sure that there are leagues going on. So right. that's something you can easily outsource. You just give them a criteria of what they need to, it doesn't need to be a major or minor. It could just be random. It could be fucking elimination mode for God's sake, but you have to keep to a certain standard and make sure that's good to go. And even the new player experience, I, I've talked about this in the past. I'm not saying that I would be the perfect one for the job, but uh, I know me, Slacks, and a couple other devs that have done mod, mods before, we put our hat in the ring, so to speak, to help with the new player experience. Can make, we had a lot of the same ideas that Valve ended up having as well, but I don't even know if they started on it. You know, I've, There's no mm-hmm. information about that at all. Technically, all this stuff, even if a Valve person is looking overseeing everything making sure that everything is up to snuff and by their standards it can all be outsourced in theory right yeah and i feel like they can take more advantage of that than just sfms and probably related stuff uh then it's just a matter from their perspective if it is worth the cost right like right. if they and need to host online tournaments how much does it cost let's say it costs five million dollars is that a good return on investment for them compared to putting another hat in the game that gives them immediate profit it's about how much you value the communities because that's perceived right we also need to remember we're on reddit and we read a lot on reddit and we see like it's still we've talked this to death on this podcast but it's a vocal minority like they have the actual data for what how people interact with this game and the people that watch all the tournaments and uh, play six hours a day are not most people most people log on once a day to play a game with their mates and they go to bed and like it's very easy to forget that our perspective might be super skewed and that's why i want to focus so much on the quality of life because that affects every player mm. that's why that is so good because everybody cares about that to some perspective it helps them play with new friends it helps them have more fun uh it helps Every like even at the highest echelon of the game, quality of life upgrades are good because it makes the game better for everybody. Um, but yeah, it's well. Keep it's in always, mind, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that they've been working on that we have no. It could be the new player experience. It could be a massive patch with the new. That hero. could be so much in the works right now, but we have no idea. And right. that's which I think is like it. Yeah. How much? And I don't know the answer to this. Maybe this is a good general question to end this topic on. How much is it worth? Having a surprise mm, yeah. versus having constant communication so people know what to expect. And then you could still have a couple Easter eggs as a surprise, right? You know, depending on the scenario. But would you, val- I would personally, I mean, again, it's always, <laughs> the grass is always greener, right? Mm-hmm. I personally feel like I would rather have the communication and have no surprises that are large versus complete silence for months. And then a shit ton comes out. Yeah, like seven point zero zero. If we put it example. on extremes, I would prefer the communication route. Uh, if it's somewhere in between, I think a good thing is to tell people like, 
But this is what they don't like to do, right? They don't like to give like deadlines and be like, this is coming out this time. Yeah. At least with big things, they try to avoid that. Um, but I think just a general guideline of this is what we're working on and then giving updates and then that can have some sort of surprising element that people didn't expect, some sort of extra thing or something, you know. Mm. Like they could be working on the new player experience and they're like, we work on the new player experience and then all of a sudden, boom, here comes the new player experience and we dropped it with a new hero. Like that kind of thing would be really cool, right? Then that's the surprise, but you also get what you were expecting the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good way to do it. The problem is the only post that there's been about the new player experience was last year, and there's been zero updates to that. How far they are, what they're trying to do, and part of me f- thinks, like this is what I want to think at least, that what's holding it up so much is that they're really trying to find a good Smurf solution. That that is the biggest problem they have, and the best way of combating Smurf solutions is machine learning, I think. Uh, I've talked about this in a previous episode. I don't remember which one, but uh, theoretically, the possibility that you could detect people's MMR within their first game based yes, on huge we... sets of data and pattern analysis from a machine, you could detect I mean, at least place amazing. them within a thousand. Yeah, it should be possible, and that might be really difficult for them to program or do. Or the person in the company who's super good at machine learning, or there's like three or four, or five of them, whatever, are working on it for another game. Then you know. And they aren't doing That's it true. for Dota they, right now. Valve does borrow a lot of things from other games that they make, right? Because a lot of people are working yeah. on cool projects that may or may not be related directly, but they end up taking ideas. They uh, did some amazing machine learning in CSGO for Overwatch. Yeah. Was that machine learning? Yeah. How? There's, there's a manual part and there's a machine learning part. Oh, I didn't so know So I believe what they did was they did machine learning based on the tons of data they had from individuals making human decisions and then they could largely automate there was something i forgot what it was there's like a there was a valve dev talking about it it's a video on youtube with so him the question is it. has that uh, valve dev told anybody in the dota 2 team because <laughs> god knows they don't talk to each other very often uh, that's the thing. Uh, i don't know i was gonna say the easiest the, way to the other thing Smurfs is in is csgo the... it's way easier Right. That's also something to remember. It's way easier. It was again. It was about cheaters well, specifically in CS. Yeah, it was it, about cheating. Smurfs is another thing there. Yeah. Yes, because they're not cheating. They're just better than what the the games that they're playing in. Cheating is detecting that there's something going on that shouldn't be humanly possible. Smurfing is detecting that there's something going on that shouldn't be possible in this range of skill, and that's a lot more like intricate and and difficult to handle. Right. So I think so the, the CSGO model would be... is easier, if you will. Like wall hacking in Counter Strike is more difficult to detect even in a manual uh, review versus an aimbot. Than an aimbot, right? yeah. Like a scripter exactly. would be equivalent to an aimbot in Dota, right? So, right. But I was gonna say the easiest way to combat Smurfs is to not have free to play, right? I, it's really hard. I, I personally can't even blame Valve because uh, every game that's free to play that's competitive on some level has issues with Smurfs. It's really hard. I don't yep. know the solution, but I mean, your ideas are great, Cinder. I always agree with you. Anyway, we have so many more topics. Uh, yeah, we do. Seven. Damn. I mean, this one's not very long, but 7.27D got released. Does anything stand out to you in this patch at all? Uh, I think the single biggest change is that Halberd costs 400 gold on top of what it did before. So that's a huge nerf. Yep. Uh, everybody was buying it. Everybody. Yeah, it was super popular. Drums got nerfed. Soul Ring got buffed. 
Uh, Helm of the Dom got changed. It gives less, less health, but now the creep has armor. So I would say overall that's most of the time a nerf, which is, is fair. That, is that for clinks by any chance? Because <laughs> Enchantress got uh, some changes too that I was thinking of. Yeah, Enchantress got a health change as well. Enchant got mega nerfed on health, but got a buff on armor. So it's the same logic. I think it's about clinks and it's about just in general these obnoxious creeps that just can't die. It was really silly. Enchantress would show up to mid lane with a creep with like 2300 health and 80 damage, you know, just hit your tower. It was just strange. Like minute seven, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. What the fuck? Um, so yeah, they changed that. Then some hero tweaks here and there. It's nothing too major, to be honest. I just I consider it like a minor tweak patch. Uh, it is also a, a D. So, um, but yeah, it was a good patch overall. Uh, okay. I liked it. All right, move on to the next topic. Uh, new heroes were added to Agnum's Labyrinth, along with some other changes, I believe. Uh, Slark, Templar Assassin, and Queen of Pain. Oh, that's right. And the level 5 difficulty, Apex Mage. I have not yeah. played, you have not played these versions. Not um, the new one, no. But that's um, cool to see. That's something people have been wanting. Though, new heroes. What mm -hmm. I can say, though, is that it came with a bug, which is a funny story. So let's just tell that okay. one quickly. Slark obviously has pounds. And if you remember, there's a chicken level where the chickens run around and drop coins all the time when you deal damage. I love that one. Supposedly, if you pounced one of the chickens when the level was about to end, it was leashed and therefore couldn't teleport out and the game would soft lock. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. some people's games actually just stopped on the chicken level because they oh, used pounce. Man. There you That's go. So That's, sad. Uh, I thought it was going to be a good story about how they got a million gold because they leashed them. No. But the game that never also progressed. That's too yeah. bad. Uh, so that's obviously something Valve has been working on. Um, good to see that they didn't just, you know, come out with this mode. Um, I, a lot of it is probably based on the reception. Like if there wasn't great reception, like let's say it was lukewarm, they probably wouldn't mm -hmm. have come out with a, a feature update like this. So that's cool to see. They've definitely given this a lot more love than they did to Morokai. Probably right. because they felt like this game mode is way more of a hit and Morokai would need way too large of an overhaul to really work. And it was just a failed experiment from them. It yep. just didn't hit. Uh, and that's fine. Like, I think people should also... Like, I want to cut a little bit of slack when you're creative because I feel like creativity, it's so hard to hit every time, you know? Like, when you do something new and different, it's not for everybody. Silt Breaker was amazing for me. For other players, it was boring and difficult and they couldn't find a party or whatever because it really demanded that you kind of played with people that knew what they were doing to complete it. Uh, and... It wasn't for everyone. It wasn't Dota. You know, it was totally different. Mm. I loved that mode. You didn't, I think. So that's a great example, right? Of, well, again, for me, it was I, a hit. For you, it was a miss. No, it. Uh, I wouldn't even say I, just because I didn't. It's not my type of game, but I, I really could understand why people liked it. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like right. I'm, sure. Like, why the fuck do people like this game mode? I understand. It's just not something that I personally right. enjoy. Yeah. So I think I think we should encourage and. Yeah, just encourage this kind of creativity. I think Aghanim's Labyrinth has been a great mode overall. I think they've done a very good job of making a different style that uses Dota knowledge still, where you feel like by having played Dota, you have a clear advantage and you can strategize, buy the right items, and choose the right power-ups for your hero and get to play the game in a different way. I think this one was a huge hit mm. uh, overall. Now, they did make, a, in my opinion, the only big decision they made that probably failed was the whole tournament to win the expensive items where people were bug abusing or <laughs> uh, all this stuff and they said they would manually review it and i i remember reading that that didn't go too well um uh, but is that still happening 
outside of the competitive part of it, it's been really good. Is, are they still doing that? I actually have not paid attention. I, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Either way. But yeah, overall, there's some expensive Roshans for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Next topic is a, <laughs> we go from up and down, up and down. Yeah. Terms of Valve. This is quite the coaster. Liquid versus five men. They played in, was this, this was Omega League, right? Yeah. Uh, they were playing an Omega League match and it crashed. Was it a, sorry, I was not awake at this time. Did it crash or was it did the it lag game out? crashed three times? So three as far times, as I'm aware, they had to remake. I remake think three times. I was not watching the series, but I believe it was flat out remake. That's what I remember hearing. Yes, least. people told me specifically that it was remade three times. Um, yeah. Which begs the question: Why do we not have the old technology in Source One to load to load at a certain point of the game? Right. Yeah. I don't know how I, long we're going to talk about this, but I think it was rescheduled for, as of this recording, I believe it's ended up being today. I could be mistaken. It might um, be now, actually. So they will give it a fourth try. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it has something to do with one of their accounts. Maybe one of them's hacking and it's just breaking the servers, you know? To answer your know. question about why they removed that functionality, there might have been two reasons. So first of all, the load system was actually pretty bugged. Like, there were a lot of games where the loads would just have issues. Mm. Um it's possible they discovered some sort of possible loophole or whatever where loading could change the outcome of the game because players could do something they weren't supposed to do. Or the more likely thing for me is probably just like server capacity. If every single game that is played, as maybe if it's just competitive games, it shouldn't be that bad. Like if it's if it's only ticketed games or whatever, uh, then you just have to have that log run all the time on the server side with uh, with everything that's happening in the game. Mm. Um, I think it's possible that Valve, with their Source 2, just felt so confident that they had cracked it and games would not be crashing anymore. Because truth be told, we have way less crashes than we used to. Like The load functionality used to be used a lot because games crashed. And now the fact that a game crashed is making headlines. That shows something about how stable it's been, right? Like It's been... It's a pretty rare thing that it goes this wrong. Some years back, I would say a competitive game was loaded every week or month for a while mm. because yeah, they crashed. I remember. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, you know, they've definitely done a really good job, but it clearly isn't flawless, and that is a problem. So I don't, um, I don't know what yeah. the... Do we know the reason yet? I heard that there were a lot of outages in general, and it had... I don't know if it was directly related to the server itself. Uh, I know that there sure. were major outages in the U.S. at least. Uh, this was an EU game. Maybe I it think extended. that's the most likely reason the game would crash is flat out that the server loses power. I now, think that's kind of. I know of that they tried different that. servers as well, which is strange. But still, if mm. if a service yeah. provider is big enough, then it can all kind of domino, right? Yeah. But don't again, I, I, mean, really I don't want to talk know. about this topic too much because we obviously don't know all the details. But also, in terms of what Valve can do, we don't know the technology behind this at all, right. and how easy it would be to just put some Source One stuff in, like. Not going to pretend to know any of that stuff. It's easy to be an armchair programmer. I want Source One back, for God's sake. <laughs> Jesus it Christ. Was so great. <laughs> Next thing on the list, what everybody looks forward to every single week the Arcana Grand Finals, Cinderin. Let's go over the results. Faceless Void will be going up against Spectre, sadly. Woo! Uh, Void beat Sniper by a lot. Uh, 14.9 million vo votes for Void. 7.6 for oh, Sniper. Jesus. 
at 66% to 33.8, just completely spanked him. And on the other mm. side, Spectre beat Witch Doctor uh, 16 million votes for Spectre and 12.7 for Witch Doctor. So Witch Wait, Doctor so had 44 got more votes than Void versus 56. Round. Yes, but I have hope because, again, if you're a fan of Faceless Void or Sniper, right? They, mm-hmm. they kind of cannibalize each other because they're both hard carries. Right. I feel like, and I feel pretty confident saying this, I feel like because Witch Doctor lost, people are going to be upset at Spectre. So all those votes will go to Faceless Void, obviously. Oh, kind of like U.S. politics. Gotcha. Uh, we won't get into that one. Uh, but I do find it comical. <laughs> I hate what the Democratic Party is doing, so I'm going to vote for Trump as a protest. <laughs> Yes, that's always a good idea. Uh, I wonder. S. I wonder how big a percentage of votes actually are spite votes like that, and what the thought process is. I know there were quite a few that's... votes for Harambe in the last elections. So. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was also trash votes too. That's right. Yeah. So God, you love to see it. Faceless Void versus Spectre. Uh, it's funny because Valve kind of saved some work with the fact that Void is top two because we've talked about this before. I believe he's the only hero that has previously been top two that has not yep. gotten Twice, Arcana. Right. So now they get some free work there. Um, who do you think is going to win? Poison. Void versus I Spectre. think Void's going to win. I think Void's going to win. I think so too. But now, do honestly, they make I'm one kind for of Spectre? In... If she's second. Or Maybe. does she become That's... the new faceless Void? What was the second place last year? Who won and who got second? Ogre won against Ogre? who? Windranger? Uh... Who got second? Everybody's saying Windrunner. Windranger. Yeah. So Yeah. So Windranger got an Arcana in the battle pass. Yeah, that's usually. So how maybe it goes, the same right? thing will happen again. Maybe Void wins and then Spectre gets one of the Arcanas I mean, in the next let's battle be, pass. Let's be real. One. Even if Void loses, they're gonna make an Arcana for him latest yeah, by next battle pass. So we'll get both. Uh the sad thing about this is I don't I'm not really very invested in either of these, to be honest. Yeah. I'm at the same more time, though, I, I don't really Spectre. know what hero would get me super hyped at this point Mars? to get an Arcana. Or like, Mars? I mean, it would be nice. Like, maybe I'm just getting old. That's probably what it <laughs> I hate cosmetics! Well, <laughs> yeah. The entire concept I just find fascinating that we are getting excited about voting for something that we need to buy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird when you We're think We're voting like, to buy something. Weird. What the fuck is wrong with us? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Valve has Imagine- really conditioned us cr- very well. Nice job, Valve. Imagine this. <laughs> Imagine in the Arcana vote, you enter all the heroes, and there's an odd amount of heroes, and then you make one last entry, which is no Arcana spent the resources on new player experience. Do you think that would win? No. 100% no. No, not even close. It would be like 80-20. I would vote for it, see, obviously. But See, that's, that's really interesting, right? Like, if you put that in, if you literally <laughs> gave people the power to choose between a hat or making the game better... <laughs> They would choose the hat. Do you you, you agree with me though, right? I'm very confident that it would not people would not yeah, vote for that. I, 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 I think, think most right. people, and again, our audience is probably a minority. I think a lot of them would be with us, but I think most people do not give a shit about new people coming in at all. I could be the wrong. The fact the fact that the fact that the finals is void versus Spectre already says something about the voter segment. All right, let's move on. And Techie's already won before, right? So did he? He just well, got an Arcana, Arcana when released. Oh, right? did he just get? <laughs> I think he, he just got get it on an release. Arcana? 
Valve were like, release? we're not putting this guy in the vote. <laughs> was it on release, really? I no, Monkey was on release. Wait, were they yeah. both on release? I feel like Arcana for Techies was not on release, but anyway. I think it was. I think Arcana for Techies and Monkey King was on release. I'm pretty sure about that, Okay, actually. fair but. enough. Uh, this one, we won't really take too much time on, but we talked about uh, Puppet Master being in the file. Something I failed to look at before is there's a hero named Valkyrie, a.k.a. Freya, which... Oh, God, I'm going to sound like an idiot. What? Uh, it's mythology. is like Norse mythology or something. Norse, yes, correct. Oh, thank God. Uh, so the interesting thing that I find is this is Interestingly, actually... Shannon, here's yes. some lore for you. Okay. This is who Friday is named after. Oh, okay. Thank you. It's a there good you. day. I like Friday. Who's named after Monday? That guy sucks dick. <laughs> Wednesday is named after Odin, actually. Wednesday. Yeah, because in Danish it's called Unstay. Does the spelling of Wednesday bother you, over... by the way? It always pissed me off reading that word. Wednesday? I hate it. Just yeah, get rid of, of the D. Get rid of it. Anyway, uh, Freya, the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's a theory on Reddit. Uh, shout out to Scousers. Um, obviously, there's some code, but there's a lot of code in the or code. There's a lot of lines in the code that kind of give ability names away and hero names, but it's for a lot of heroes, so you don't know what's going in. But this one does seem the most likely, along with Aghanim, in my opinion, to be the next hero to come out because it makes a lot of sense if you take into account where TI was supposed to be this year. Last year, uh, yeah. they started this trend. I feel like it's going to be a trend where Void Spirit had a very Chinese element to him. Obviously, mm-hmm. the TI, TI was in China. This time in Sweden, Freya, Norse mythology. It makes a lot of sense. And the so previous eight heroes that we got at TI in America were like Burger King. and That's right. So Actually, I think the, we definitely the, hit the... The year prior to China was Vancouver, uh, where I think yeah. Tim Hortons was sponsored the whoever hero came out. Can't remember which one oh. that was, but... Yes. Uh, Grimstroke or something. Who knows? So yeah, look forward <laughs> Very to Very American Freya hero. <laughs> um... <laughs> So this I think you're right though. Next topic is very interesting. Um God, we have how deep are we in the oh, we're gonna be fine. So Counter-Strike Go had a spectating bug that has now led to a bunch of bans. So I'm just gonna read the response yeah. from is it ESL, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Is it ESL? Yeah. It is. So the bug itself. Uh, recently, we were made aware that by taking a combination of different steps, a bug in CSGO allows the coach of a team to become a spectator anywhere on the map, unbeknownst to anyone else. The coach would then be able to stay in that position, getting a free camera slash observer position on, for example, the opposing team spawn area or other areas of the map that would be hidden to the team otherwise and could advise their team to react based on that knowledge. So they went back, looked at a bunch of data uh, with Valve's help, I believed, I believe, and they found that three people, three coaches, uh, are were at fault here. So Hard Legion, is that the team name? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Mechanogun is the coach. Uh, he did it on. He did it in three matches. Heroic, Team Heroic, uh, a guy named Hunden did it Boom. for one map. This was at DreamHack. The other one was at ESL1. And then another one from ESL1 was from MIBR, a guy named Dead, who only did it for one round on one map. That's actually interesting. So based yeah. on the following uh, and based on the rule book that ESL had, they have now banned these players or these coaches for an extended period of time. So Dead, 
uh, got a six-month ban. Hunden got 12 months. And Mechanogun, Mashan, I don't, I fucked that up so bad. 24-month ban. The teams will forfeit their prize money. Uh, their points in the tournament will be null and void. And they will retroactively be disqualified. That's crazy. And to add insult yep. to injury, uh, Chaos Esports Club uh, were apparently accused of cheating publicly by members of MIBR who ended up cheating themselves. <laughs> and it was, I guess, proven that Chaos did not cheat, but MIBR did, apparently. What do you think of this? You could literally look in a camera the whole fucking area of the map and just talk to your team. I'm not sure if I'm the only person thinking this. I'm probably not because there's always more people thinking this. Whenever you think something and you're like, am I the only one? You're never the only one. Okay. All right. Different story. The MIBR coach having one, literally one round on one map doing it. It almost feels like he was like, oh shit, I can do this. And then he was like, I'm not going to abuse that. That's what it looks like to me that you did literally one round, one map. Yeah. So about that guy's six month punishment. I don't know. Like you could literally be there you discover this thing that you know you're not supposed to use and then you immediately get away from it that's what it looks like to me when you do it one round one map the people that do it any more than that they're deliberately abusing a bug but that guy for me i give him a little bit of benefit of the right, doubt chat to be honest, is telling us that i don't know he knew more he admitted to it that he knew about it and he did it more than one round apparently so oh, he, he did more than one. Okay, well then, so fuck, fuck him. You know, the, fuck yeah, him. Then you're just abusing a bug. Then I have no. <laughs> then I have nothing. Because like, you can imagine you can be in a position and you're just you're observing this or whatever, and you, there's something weird that happens, and you're like, wait, what's going on? And you click, and then suddenly you have map vision of everyone. Like, what are you supposed to do there? Like, you report it, right? You say, okay, something really fucking weird happened, and that's right. it. Common sense. He, he did it more than once. Nothing. No, I. You know, I, you're I don't understand. So. Okay, this is it reminds me for people cheating. that follow the NFL. Bill Belichick used to he got in a lot of trouble. I don't know what happened actually. He was fined or suspended. I don't remember. But this is the New England Patriots, the most mm-hmm. prolific NFL team of all time. You actually follow the NFL, so you should know them. He yeah. used to, uh, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but I believe when visitors came to their arena, he would videotape their practices and use that information against them. I, I don't under I understand the whole competitive mindset where you try to do everything you can to win, but you have to know there's a fucking limit. Like I don't get it. I yeah, don't understand. That's Yes. I don't what was the punishment? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. I mean that's fuck. That's they fuck. didn't strip him of, of any victories, I don't think, but uh Wow. Okay. Yeah, beyond fucked. Yeah. Well, what is there really to say about this thing? It sucks that it's in the game. The only reason it's realized is that we're playing online because this couldn't have happened on land because the coaches are in the booths with the players standing behind and they can only see what the players can see. So that right. wouldn't, they don't have a computer there. Uh, so it's just an unfortunate circumstance of a bug being in the game, being discovered, everything is played online, and then certain players abuse it. Are the punishments fair? I don't know. I'm not, I don't really know if I should have an opinion on how long these punishments should be. Is it fair that they're punished? Absolutely. Is it fair that they're all punished? Absolutely. Is it fair that they're punished differently? Absolutely. So I think overall ESL has done a pretty good job handling this. Yes. Um, supposedly they've also talked with other tournaments that happened around the same time to check their demos. Mm. Nobody cheated during uh, Flashpoint, I think it was. Thorin tweeted about that. Uh, the guy who checked for ESL already checked all the Flashpoint demos. And now I think Beyond the Summit are checking through the summits online 
event as well to see LD tweeted about that last night um, to see if there was anything there. But yeah. Yeah. So I, it's kind of, it's just sad, you know, like there's so many people that play legit and care about the competitive integrity of any game they play. Mm -hmm. And then there's always these bad eggs that just do whatever the fuck they can to win. And it's just disgusting actually. Like I agree. I just think I fucking I, hate that I need to be reminded of this stuff. That whenever there is a loophole, it's generally used. It's so annoying. There's always bad that people, people can't play fair. So one thing that I'll I end hate my people. The one we know you hate children especially. That's been established yeah, many apparently. a time. Um, so one thing I like about this is that ESL and other tournaments who will probably backpack off that will be banning these people. I still do not like that valve bans people at mm. all i i mean you can argue whether they they should or they should not i think most people would actually say they should ban people the fact that they ban people for life is a joke i'm just gonna say that again we've talked about this extensively I'm very much against lifetime ban for first offense yes basically i'm very I, much against i mean that. if you want to do a two strike policy but, three strike whatever that's fine but lifetime bans for, especially for somebody like again we're getting into other individuals here because i don't know anything about these coaches but like 16 year olds that are living in a country that maybe again i don't want to get into detail we've had this discussion before but i like that third-party tournaments are the ones stepping up here i prefer that and if it gets to a certain point it makes sense for valve to get involved but i feel like they can take care of themselves you know do you think do you think if this happened in a valve major that these player coaches would be lifetime banned yes 100 percent. and the players on the teams I mean, that's really hard to prove. Could you argue that they weren't in the know? Is there any way? Yes, of course. Okay. The coach could have taken it upon himself and just... I mean, if he's telling them where they are live, then that's one thing. But do you have that mm-hmm. information? I don't know. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I like the fact that... I mean, again, these people still might be lifetime banned by Valve. We don't know. Yeah, like, it could happen. They've really done could. this before, so I mean, yeah. we'll see. Uh, next thing on the list, Fall Guys. The bidding war has ended, Cinderin, at $1 million. Apparently, other people that have bid before, uh, Ninja, Mr. Beast, Aim Lab, and G2, I think three of those four we've mentioned, they've all combined their bids for a $1 million for charity, uh, which is really cool. Have no idea what the cosmetic is going to look like. I don't think they're going to take... A ninja beast with G2 <laughs> on the belt. Yeah, with an aim lab. I, crosshair on his forehead. <laughs> I don't know. But that's really cool. Yeah, uh, one of the cool. best PR... What is the best way to put... I don't, I don't want to say PR stunt because that sounds negative. Moves. PR move? Sure. That's one of the best PR moves yeah. I've seen for any game. We've talked about how our favorite is Fortnite's Black Hole was genius. Yeah. Uh, this is also up there. Uh, very, very cool. <clears throat> and then the last thing, I don't know if you watched any of this, Cinderin. Elon Musk Neuralink. Do you know anything about this? I have not watched that. No. I actually watched the entire video. It's a one and a half hour video of Elon Musk and the company within Neuralink talking about this new technology that they're working on. The video is actually made not to raise money, but to get people to uh, submit their job applications. They want to hire a bunch more people. So they've made this, or they're developing this chip i'm gonna sound like an idiot because i don't remember all the details they've put Mm -hmm. it in a few pigs for now no human testing yet but it's supposed to insert into your brain uh 
not deep within the brain, but towards kind of close to the surface, and it injects. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the terminology for any of this stuff. Looks like little antennas into the brain to connect with certain areas mm-hmm. that are needed. Uh, and the the idea behind this is to help people with spinal cord issues, uh, with a whole range of issues, which um, my understanding, it's not people that are born a certain way, but it's people that have uh, right. had issues with like an accident or like helping people walk for paraplegic or quadriplegic, things like that. A blindness. Anyone else There's getting a whole, Black Mirror vibes here? It, or yes, just me? Exactly. Even the pig <laughs> was in Black the Mirror. The pig got Black Mirror vibes too. It got injected into it. <laughs> So the idea behind it is really cool. Oh, I, I guess yeah. we can talk about that. But right now, it's only been tested on on pigs. They want, they say, eventually, they want to be able to, you know, help people that were born blind, for example. But to start, it'll just be people that have, you know, gotten a disease that, or some sort of traumatic accident, or whatever the case may be, uh, to help. I with feel those like for something like this to ever get implemented and pass an ethics test. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some serious security around this with what can happen to you, who gets what information, and why. Like It's really... As soon as you start fiddling with stuff like this, shit gets because it, extremely it's a, exploitable. It's a slippery slope, right? It really like is Maybe slippery. whenever it gets released at some point in the future, we don't know what, it's gonna, what kind of state it's going to be in, but... It does have a future in theory that is kind of scary, right? Like they talked about being able to store memories, for example, or having telepathy, consensual telepathy, uh, things of that nature that are like so far beyond anything we, I mean, we can think of them, but we're not even remotely close to doing any of that stuff. I'm fascinated by it. I think a comparison that might be digestible is cloning, right? Where it was proven to be doable and to be functional but then the whole ethics part kind of comes in and yeah you know like it's do you think i mean somebody's had to have attempted to clone a human probably probably somebody did yeah and then when that failed they went and used the spectator bug in csgo (laughs) (laughs) so they cloned them and they became so riddled with Mental issues that they use the camera in CSGO. That's your theory? <laughs> no, it's just that's the kind of person, you know. I can get away with it, so I'll do it. You know? Do you like this kind of future, like Black Mirror-esque stuff? Because most I don't, most Black Mirror episodes, are they end on a negative. Like it's Right. They always have grim. Like not always. Yes. There's one particular episode that's incredibly good that it does not have that kind of ending. I would say um, I'm, you know me, right? I'm largely a very glass half full kind of person. I try to have the positive outlook, give the benefit of the doubt, look at what things are better. And there are so many things about this that could be amazing. But I also try to be realistic, kind of think, okay, you know. And as old, the older I get, the more I dislike people, right? Because you mm-hmm. just start, you just, the, the more you learn about the world, the worse people just are. And the, that's <laughs> that's a shame, but that's how it is. So like, I'm, I feel like I'm slowly like shaping my expectations of what other people do and how they are in a more slightly less positive direction. Uh, and that's sad, but that's just real, you know. 
Um, so when I hear something like this, yes, I'm genuinely excited about what good it can do, but I think a lot more about the negatives than I used to, I think. Um, the way that I look at it is so you can take it's gonna any, be abused, right? You can take any technology and abuse it, obviously. But if you go back like twenty years and we talk about things that we're doing now, like yeah. I feel like the stuff that they're doing, it's gonna happen. We don't know when. It's hundred percent that stuff's gonna be a part of life, right? The question is how soon and how and how, once it comes out, can you make it work in a way that actually makes sense from an ethical standpoint, right? Yes. How moderated will it be? I think that's right. the most important thing. Because there's so much technology that has like crazy potential, but the moderation needs to go hand in hand with it. People talk about privacy issues all so, the time, right? It's a big right. hot topic. I don't I don't think most people even realize how much information can be gotten from this thing right here, your cell phone, which basically every human has now. Like yep. It's astronomical, the amount. Like, this is literally listening to me right now. That's fucking crazy. Nobody cares about it, including me. I don't care about it. Google, you're the best. Thank you so much. Apple. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. If Apple wants to sponsor, they have to spend twice as much as Google. That's what if I'm saying. If Apple right wants to sponsor, okay. they're fucking crazy after what you said. <laughs> well, they don't do their research, so they only steal <laughs> ideas. Okay, so... Uh, we'll do one of these Patreon mailbag questions, Cinder, since the episode is going a yep. bit long. Uh, which one sure. did you want to do? You pick. Just do the top one. First right. one first. This question is from August Augustin. Great podcast, guys. I have a few questions regarding casting and commentary in Dota 2. Do you prefer casual or serious commentary? In your experience, what do you think the community or professional Dota players prefer? When working the international or any bigger tournaments, do you get direction from tournament organizers on what style they are going for, serious or casual? I guess I can go first. <laughs> Mine's a little sure. easier. Yeah. I definitely I love prefer. This question, by the way, this is a really good question. I prefer casual, obviously, uh, since I'm one of the only people that does casual type casting. Uh, I think something that I do have. Okay, just to answer the other question before I get into this this topic, um, I think from a community standpoint or professional Dota players, what they prefer. So professional definitely prefer more serious. Uh, the community, it's very mixed bag. Uh, I think. The yeah. I would say if you actually collect all the people that will end up watching a broadcast, by far more of them will prefer casual. That's my opinion. But the people that play a lot more and pay attention to the detail more will prefer serious. Of course, yes. there's a lot of layers into that. And as far yeah. as tournament organizers, for me specifically, I can only speak for myself. If somebody's hired me, they know what they're getting and they want what they're getting. Nobody's ever right. told me to tone it down or whatever. So the thing that I do not like about the Dota casting realm right now, and it's not right now, it's been, what year is it? 2020, it's been 10 years. I feel like there's not enough mix right now. Right. I think everybody wants to, again, we have a lot of really good casters, the OD Pixels, the Caps, whoever you want to name. It, And I know that Slack's kind of like has put a wrench into the, this, what I'm about to say because he's been doing stuff recently. But for the most part, you have the play-by-play -play and you have the analyst. And yeah. yeah, they can have some banter in between and whatnot, but it doesn't feel like there's any flexibility. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. Every play-by-play -play is trying to be OD Pixel. Every it's kind of like there's a meta. Be, right, in a meta. That's, every analyst is trying to be a cinder or a fogged or whoever. Um, and for me, I think it's actually hurt. I've talked about this before. I think it's really hurt my career that I've tried to be different. I've tried to be myself. Like, if I go back and I could slap myself silly and I say, 
you should try to be like everybody else. You should be the play-by-play that doesn't make jokes, that takes it more seriously. I do. You, do I think that I could have become an actual like tier one, tier one point five play-by-play? Obviously, I'm biased, yeah. but I would say yes. I definitely yes, could have, but course. I would not have had as much fun. I don't think I could have done right. it long term because. I'd rather yeah. do something that makes it fun for me because I think it makes it more fun for the the viewer as well. Yeah. So that's my answer. I agree with a lot of what you just said, if not all of it. Like I think, so I think what the audience a lot of the time forgets, or maybe rather, I think sometimes what the tournament organizers forget, but they're getting better at it, which is great to see, is that Dota is about having fun for the viewer, right? Like you can have we've we've run experiments basically in dota that have not looked very good you had the very strict panel of ti5 which people didn't really like that much then you've had the player only panel of was it ti7 or 8 uh, where there was yeah, like no personalities on wasn't it ti7 huh? that was really bad it might have been seven yeah, yeah with the so. the one with day nine was that ti7 yeah i think i so. can't remember anymore pretty sure like you you've done these things where you've had that and i feel like when you do that it really highlights the value of having comedic relief or having like jokes or banter or somebody who isn't an expert. Because if you put three Dota players, pro players, drafters in the same room and they are supposed to talk about the draft, they're going to talk about the draft. They're going to talk about hero interactions. They're going to talk about strategy. But for a large part of the audience, that's not actually that fun. Like, Especially, big... I would say, at TI, when a lot of the audience coming in watching have not watched anything or very little throughout the entire year right yeah and a, a big part honestly this is something valve has also talked about is a lot of fans don't actually care that much about the draft they mm. want to watch the game and then they want to have fun outside of the game it's like the draft is so complex and so deep that it's kind of tailored for the top 10 percent of players the rest of people they go into a game they pick a hero they think is fun and then they smash some people in dota and that's it they don't really think about oh why is my hero so good this game? Or how did how did I get countered? Or why did I have a hard time? They're just like, I like Terrorblade, so I'm going to pick Terrorblade because it's fun playing Terrorblade. <laughs> and then when you get into this pro scene and people are like, oh, this is why they're banning this and picking this and banning that and banning that. I love talking about this shit because I care a lot about it, but mm -hmm. I completely understand why a big portion of the game just couldn't give less of a shit about what I'm saying. But I'm not speaking to them when I'm performing that role, right? But when I'm casting with you, for example, and we're just talking shit and having fun, I have this I have this opinion that if you're having fun on broadcast, it kind of inevitably spills off onto the viewer that it's more fun listening to people having fun than listening to people being super strict, right? Mm. Like there's just some there's some energy that you transfer basically by being by having fun. And that that isn't to say that we can just be complete clowns and keep saying internal jokes and laugh at ourselves cuz you know there needs to be a connection with the audience, but if we're genuinely having fun and talking about something that people can understand, there's a high chance that they will enjoy it and have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Slax has been doing in this Omega League thing. Um, to answer the question about tournaments, what they do, like you said, it's kind of defined, right? So for the most part, tournaments don't say anything because they kind of know what they're going to get because they get the same thing most of the time. If there's something special they want to do, uh, or try with like a tri-cast or a different kind of thing, they will obviously inform. Uh, the main thing that TI has said has actually been more in a looser direction than people might think. It has been something like, don't be afraid to, like, don't, 
don't get so stiff that you can't throw out a cuss word if something is extremely exciting in the moment, you know? That's why we have ding, 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 motherfucker from TI, for example, right? right? Like, you just have these moments where something is amazing and you want people to feel that moment of amazement in that, in that instance when it's happening. And if you're constantly paranoid about, oh, I can't say anything that's even remotely a profanity, then it might really detract from the moment. So I love that Valve is allowing casters to do that and being a little bit loose. Um, I think the thing they care about the most is that you don't write off a team before the game starts because that kills hype, right? It's like, oh, this team is so extremely outdrafted, they could never win this game. You know, stuff like that they don't like because they'd rather you talk about, okay, this is why this team has an advantage. This is why we think they're favored. And this is what the other team needs to do to overcome that. Because then you've set a narrative that's interesting where people aren't like, okay, this team has lost. They're like, okay, this will be a hard game for this team that I'm cheering for. Let's see if they can do what the experts think they need to do. Um, and that's way more interesting to watch, right? Like imagine you're watching a football match on TV and the, the commentators start out the match by saying, this team has no chance of winning this uh we're just here to commentate it there's yeah. no you know fucking what's even more win, interesting is when you know? i turn on an nba game and they're like kendall jenner's going out with this guy that's playing right now isn't that crazy yeah i'm crazy. really interested then you know mm -hmm. yeah uh, but but actually that's a great example of something that you don't care about necessarily <laughs> but a lot of people find that interesting and entertaining it's like <laughs> no but really that's just that's casual commentary right no it's like a little tidbit but that doesn't really matter for the game but basketball games don't people, do that that so. makes me sad so this actually reminds me i did get feedback once from valve at ti4 when i was doing the noob stream mm -hmm. that i was being that we were being purge and i were being too mean to each other because when it comes to my humor and i guess his because he has a dry sarcasm as well and for you right. and me at times we get feedback from people which i would i don't know this for a fact but i i would guess that most of them would be outside the u.s that think that we're actually right. mad at each other i feel like it's more of an american thing there's definitely to, cultural things there yeah it like you they were not british friend. that's for sure that's true brits are the banter kings irish and scots mm. yeah the best for sure so yeah. <clears throat> that was a great I, question though um, yes very good. and i think it's something really important to think about that like the goal of the broadcast should be to entertain the audience and to do the tournament justice. And I think based on the quality of teams playing, the quality of the tournament, the style of tournament, different broadcasts are in order. Like when we did Captain's Draft, for example, I feel like we kind of set a different precedent for what casting could be at the time because we were like when we were on break, we didn't have music. We just oh talk about food and Dude. like uh, and in the games we would talk random shit. You know, it was great. Uh, to this day, if a company hires me to do third-party casting, remote casting, I should say, I still don't use music, Cinderin. It's still... Yeah. I, I can't silence. stand listening to... Well, I'm not going to name the names, but certain music that's allowed now, <laughs> I it's mind-numbing. I will literally not enjoy doing my my cast if I have to listen to that between games. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like... I like our dynamic. I like being different. Uh, it's less about being different and more about not trying to be like everybody else, you know? Because right. I feel like everybody's I just being themselves. What you mean. Like, the casting will be a lot different than it is right now, I feel like, um, which we're seeing some. But to, to, add, to add a final comment from my own perspective on this, it's something that I've always, like, thought... It's something that I've been a bit conscious about that I've never I, I've never really been afraid to crack a joke, even on the TI stage. Like if there's something funny happening, I will laugh about it. Like there was this game with a courier 
uh, they started sending out the couriers or whatever. Because I feel like if something is just hysterical or stupid in the moment, that's that's kind of just as important as an amazing play, if that makes sense. Because it's just special, whatever way it's happening. And sometimes something is special in a funny way, or uh, there's something stupid happening and you just get a funny idea or whatever, and then you just you just roll with it. I think if it gets so stiff, it's just... It's not interesting if it's stiff, right? There needs to be some flavor and some personality in there to make it entertaining. So I definitely think that should always be encouraged to have some fun. And I've never been told at any event that I've worked that I'm not being serious enough. Please be more professional on this podcast. I really can't stand how serious you are. (laughs) Fuck, I fucked that up. Anyway, that is the end (laughs) of this episode. Great outro comment. I fucked that up. I fucked Thanks it for up watching. so bad. Thanks for watching, guys. Um, Cinder, have you seen In Bruges by any chance? Wait, how do you say no in sign language? That's a good question. Do you just... Really? That's no? It's like a mouth shutting? Yeah, it's like this, I think. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I was going to uh, do that while drinking. That's by why the way, I thought about it. Next time you should gargle no, and then I'd have a joke to tell you you can choke <laughs> on your water. Uh, we got a lot of feedback that people would love the In Bruges compilation. So once you say yes, you've seen it, then we will make that compilation, and it will be the most downvoted content we've ever had, and I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for watching and uh. listening, everybody. Until next time, Suns fan and Cinderin signing out. Goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.